Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Remain standing for just a moment. Turn with me to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. How many of y'all are glad he's always right on time? Never early, never late. Right on time. Even when his time is past our time. Come on. Don't act like y'all ain't never got nervous before. He's right on time. To, to Mary and Martha, he was three days late. Well, actually four if you want to add the, the one the day that caused him to stink. But Jesus was right on time. No matter what, no matter what, you can depend on him. Amen? How many of y'all are enjoying this cold weather? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I went to Florida last week, and, and I left Florida, and it was 85 degrees. I got out in my yard, and it was 31. I said, we have sinned up here somewhere. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Luke chapter number 10. Man, it's good to be home. I tell you what, I, 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 was, I was thrilled to be able to see some of my family and, and, and be with them. I was able to uh, uh, spend some time with my aunt down in, in Florida. We surprised her and went to church with her in Okeechobee, Florida. First Baptist Church of Okeechobee, Florida. Uh, she didn't know we was coming, and me and my brother and my sister-in-law uh, we were there when she walked in, and she drugged me all over that church, introducing me to people. One minute before church time, and she's got me up on the platform. I'm saying, Aunt Jan, no, no, wait till after church, wait. Till. No, you don't tell Aunt Jan no. That just So if you're here for the very first time, I feel your pain. Amen. Uh, I was nervous as a cat. I ain't going to lie. I, but I, I, was, I was glad to be there, glad to be back. Today... Uh, today is going to be a real, real simple message. It really is, but it's going to be powerful. It's going to, it's going to really mean something. Now, you're not going to think so in the beginning because really, really the first three points are, are kind of negative. It really is. You're, you're looking at the bad side of the deal, uh, of the expectation that God has for us. But when we're through, it'll all make sense and it'll be a positive. Can you, can you live with that? Say amen. All right. Look in Luke chapter number 10. In verse number 25, Luke 10, verse number 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? He, he, you see how Jesus just turned that back around? If, if he's dealing with a lawyer, he's going to use the law. He says, what, is it, what does the word say? How readest thou? And he answering and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And, say and, and thy neighbor as thyself. I don't know about you, but it's easy to love the Lord. But that and part. And thy... All right, I want you all to look to the left. Some of y'all the other left. All right, look to your right. All right, now do it again and say, howdy, neighbor. Are y'all with me? It's kind of like the old saying, to live with saints above uh, will, will be wonderful. It'll be glory. 
It'll be wonderful. It'll be a blessing. But to live with saints below, that's a whole nother story. Amen? Sometimes it's, it's easy to love God because we know everything he's done for us. He's died for us. He's bled and, 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 and provided salvation for us. He's provided a home in heaven for us. He, he protects us. He does all these. It's easy to love God. But that's not all there is to it. He says, and thy neighbor. Not just thy neighbor, but he says how to love him like you love yourself. Now, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you really like you. Say amen. We do. And he said, look, watch this. Thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. But see, this wasn't enough for the lawyer. He says, but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves which stripped him of, uh, of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain... Samaritan. Come on now, a certain... Samaritan. That's very key in this story, and we'll get to that in just a minute. A certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn. And here's the key. And took and took, took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And, and, and now, now Jesus totally turned everything around. The lawyer said, who is my neighbor? But Jesus said, who was a neighbor? Are y'all with me? We're all, we're all in this same, same type situation where, you know, just who do I got to be nice to? Who do, who do I have to be loving to? Who do I have to be kind to? Who do I have to minister to? And, and, and it's, not about, it's not about that at all. And Jesus turned it completely around. He says this, And he said unto him, uh, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Read this last part with me, Go and do thou, say it again. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, please use this message to encourage us and to help us. And to, Lord, be a blessing. And I pray that your perfect will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Obviously today, <clears throat> obviously today, I, I want to do everything I can to, to promote and, and encourage uh, folks that are not in life groups to get in life groups. And, and, and this message is going to kind of help with that, I, I believe. Uh, the, the lawyer here is trying to, really is trying to trick, trick Jesus and trip him up and, and uh, catch him into something. But Jesus always has his way of turning things around. And he said, just what do I got to do? I mean, what is required of me? 
What is, what is God's expectations of me, if you will? And, and he told him, he, he quoted the word, he quoted the word back. So this lawyer was not a dummy. He knew what the word says, and, 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 and Jesus said it in Matthew 22. This is the way Jesus described it in Matthew twenty-two thirty-five. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, In other words, what's the number one thing? If we're going to accomplish it, what's the number one thing? He said that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now watch this word. Watch this phrase right here. It's very powerful. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What does that mean? That means if we accomplish these two, we've accomplished it all. Because if you love someone, you're not going to lie to them. If you love someone, you're not going to bear false witness. If you love someone, you're not going to commit adultery. If you love someone, you're not going to kill. If you, are you all with me? Say amen. amen. Jesus said this is the most important. So what, what we have done here at Temple, we have set up our, our vision statement, if you will, or, or motto, whatever you want to use that. Uh, uh, our, our, our vision statement is loving God, loving others, and serving both. Say that with me. Loving God, loving others, and serving both. Why? Because God said that's the most important thing. The very first thing that we try to do at Temple is to teach people to love God. You need to love God. You need to love God. Why? Because he first loved you. Why do you need to love God? Because he gave up everything for you. Why do you need to love God? Because he dug into the dust of this ground and formed man out of the dust of this ground, formed him into his own image, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He has done everything for man. Even after man sinned and man disobeyed, God sent his only son to die on an old rugged cross, shed his own blood to redeem us from our sin and to make us one of his own. Somebody say amen. Well, we should love God. No doubt about it. We should love God. What are we doing here this morning? We were loving God. We were loving God. When you come in and sing, you love God. You sing unto him. You praise him. And you, you, you adore him. And you love on him. That's the whole purpose of the worship service is to love him. Is to love him. One great illustration, one great way to illustrate worship, and, 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 and you can look it up. At one, of the, one of the ways that, that it is defined is the word worship is as a, a dog would lick its master's hand. How many of y'all have, have a dog? How many of y'all don't have a dog? That's the problem. We need a puppy. Say amen. When you come home from work or wherever you are and that dog greets you in the yard or that dog greets you in the house, man, his little tail's wagging 100 miles an hour and he just wants to lick you everywhere. You know what he's doing? He's worshiping his master. That dog is thankful for a place to live. That dog is thankful for the food that he eats. That dog, somebody say amen. That's what worship is. That's what we're here to do. We're here to love God. But then the second thing, the second part of, of this equation of being a disciple is we're not only supposed to love God, but we're supposed to love others. How do we do that? Through our life groups. Through our life groups. That's how we love others. Now, remember what I said? It's easy to love God. That's, no, that's a no-brainer. I mean, that's, that's easy. That, that, we don't even have to try. That's not even a struggle because what he's done for us. But others... 
How many of y'all have struggled sometimes when it came to loving others? Raise your hand. You'll get indigestion if you don't be honest right here in the house of the Lord. Come on, raise it up. I want to see it all over the building. It's been a struggle. Now, I learned something in this story that really helped me. It really helped me when it comes to loving others and when it comes to caring. The Bible says he took care of him. He took care of him. You see, our life groups is the the way that we take care of our people. I don't know if you've known this a lot, not, uh, but we're a little bit larger than the average church. That was funny. Y'all supposed to laugh right there. The average church in America is between sixty and eighty people. We have a lot of average churches here in, the, in this building. If you put them all together, it's very hard to keep up with this amount of people. Now, it's not difficult, though, if we do it the Bible way. You know what the Bible says? We're to love one another. We're to care for one another. It is, it is, it is, impossible, it is impossible for one man or even a group of people to care for this amount of people. But it is very doable for us all to care one for another. That is the biblical way. Now... In this caring, though, there's something we got to look at in this caring. What, what do we learn from this story about care? If we're going to care for people, if we're going to love other people, there's some things in this story that, 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 I, that I learned. And number one, if you're writing this down, caring, when it comes to caring and it comes to loving our neighbor and, and being a neighbor, it's not really about who do I, who do I need to love or I need, I need to be lovable. He says, who was neighbor? Not who is neighbor, but who was the neighbor? Now, if we're going to do this, what are we going to learn from this? Number one, caring is impartial. Caring is impartial. In other words, in other words, if we're going to love our neighbor, we've got to be impartial. We've got to be impartial. What does that mean? We can't be prejudiced. We can't be prejudiced. What is, how do you get that out of this story? This man was a Samaritan. Jesus is telling this story to Jewish people. Jewish people hated Samaritans. Samaritans were a half-breed race. They were half-Jew and half-Assyrian. Uh, and they were hated. Some of, them, some of them didn't even believe. They believed they were the lowest class of human being there was. You remember, you remember when the, the, the woman came to the well and spoke to Jesus and she was amazed that he would even speak to her because she said the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritan. What does that mean? They hated them. But guess who it was that stepped up? Guess who it was that looked beyond who this man was? Guess who looked beyond his race? Guess who looked beyond the past hatred of their culture? He didn't care who he was. He didn't care what color he was. He didn't care his heritage. He didn't care about his background. He just saw he was hurting. And he was impartial. Here's the thing. You you can't... Let me say this. Let me say this. I believe I can prove it with the Bible. I can prove it with the Bible. You cannot be right with God and be prejudiced. You cannot have hate in your heart horizontally and be right vertically. Yes. Go ahead. Give him glory right there. Let me, let me prove it. Let me prove it. Matthew 22, verse 16. Now, this is in reference to Jesus. This is in reference to Jesus. Matthew twenty-two sixteen. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, 
we know that thou art true and teach us the way of God in truth. Watch what it says about Jesus. This is their description of Jesus. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Now that doesn't say, when you read that, it sounds like he don't care about people, but that's not what he's saying. What he didn't care about was their pedigree. He didn't care if they were rich or poor. He didn't care if they were black or white. He didn't care if they were educated or uneducated. It didn't matter to him who they were. They were all on level ground when it come to Jesus. Say amen. Now watch. Now watch what it says. In Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. How many of y'all are glad that Jesus loves everybody in this building the same? Are you glad of that? Turn with me to James chapter number 2. Turn with me. We don't normally do this, but we're going to do this this morning because it was too much to put in, in the outline, so we're just going to read it right here. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. Now, now I know what you're thinking. You, you, you're, automatically, you're automatically thinking, well, bless God, uh, I'm not racist. <clears throat> Uh, red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in his sight. I'm good with that. And that's great, and I hope you are. And if you're not, you need to get your heart right. If you think you're better than somebody else because the skin color that you have is different than them, you've got a problem. Especially if you hate people. The Bible says, how can you say you love God who you have not seen if you hate your brother who you have seen? I know where I'm at. I know. I know where I'm at. I know we're in the heart of Dixie. I know we're in Alabama. But the truth is the truth. You should never be a skin winner. You should be a soul winner. Hello. But guess what? You can be, you can be prejudiced in more ways than skin color. You can, be, you can be partial in other ways. So I know since you don't have no problem with skin color, you thought you was going to get away with this point. Not so. Watch this. James chapter number 2. James chapter number 2. Are y'all there? My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. Think about that. He says, don't claim to have the, 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 the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ and don't be saved and have partiality with people. For if there come unto you an assembly, a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel... And there come in a, also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say unto the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, heirs of the kingdom, uh, which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor. See, he brings it in again. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. You with me? Now watch what he says. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. See, we don't see ourselves as bad as the murderer because we've never killed nobody. 
But Jesus says if you're prejudiced and partial toward people, hello. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. You see, you can be prejudiced in more than one way. It's not always about skin color. It can be because they're just a little different. Hello. I was in Walmart <clears throat> Friday. I don't recommend going there all the time. But I'd been, I'd been reading this and studying this, and God had been having this in my head. And when I'm studying something, it's always circulating in my brain, no matter where I'm at. So it's always percolating, you know what I'm saying? That's why no matter where you find me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bound to preach anywhere. And I was going down the aisle... And, and, and now, now let, me, let me preface this by saying this. I'm redneck to the bone. I eat frog legs, gator tail, soft shell turtle, and I will try coon every now and then. Say amen. I am redneck. I am more comfortable in overalls than I am in anything. So when I tell you I saw somebody that was different, This is not your average different. Are y'all with me? Because I can get along with anything and I love anything. And, you know, it, it, it's, got to be, it's got to be really out there. Are y'all with me? I was walking down the aisle and there was somebody in one of them scooters <clears throat> going down the aisle. And, and it bothered me. Because they is way different. And in my opinion, they didn't need to be in that scooter. Y'all with me? Well, the first thing that happened, first thing that happened, I got an attitude. I did, honestly. In my mind, I thought to myself, bless God, you need to get out that scooter. You need to get a shower. You need to get you some decent clothes on. And I just had an attitude. And it was, I mean, immediately, immediately, the Holy Spirit said, this is, I'm telling you, this is exactly how, he, the Holy Spirit said, yep, he died for her too. How many of y'all, the Lord will get in your stuff sometime? I don't care about skin color. But Jesus just revealed something into me that really shouldn't have been there. Because they was different. Now listen, there are people that won't come to temple because other people come to temple. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you, we've had people, we've had a preacher send a family to temple. God is my witness, my hand on the Bible. I met him in the first time attenders greeting, and, 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 and I said, how would you hear about temple? They said, well, we went to so-and-so's church, and they said we'd feel more comfortable at temple. Now, now here's, what, here's what happened. I didn't believe him. I thought, what preacher in his right mind would... I, I didn't say nothing. I just shook their hand. God bless you. Glad you're here, man. That's wonderful. I didn't believe him. Wrote it off. Was in town. 
and I run into that preacher. He said, did, did, did a family, uh, and he described them, such and such and such, because and, and they was different. They was different. He said, they'd come, I told them they'd probably feel more comfortable at Temple. Now, the first thing to come to my mind, and the Lord forgave me this, I wanted to punch him right in the mouth. I know, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm all y'all got, all right? You just live with it. I know I'm... I mean, I'm telling you, all the flesh... And if I'd have been a deacon, I probably would have. <laughs> deacon get away with it, Pastor Kane, amen? All deacons owns, though. You know, they want... Now, Pastor do it. He had to move out, amen? He had to go out of town. I told him, I said, sir... Anytime, you, have, you just send them right on. Send them right on. Listen, I don't, I don't care who they are. I don't care what they look like. I want the worst of the worst. I want the biggest drug addict. I want the biggest drug dealer. Listen, uh, uh, the, I, I, it doesn't matter. The, the worst of society, I want who everybody don't want. And if you can't live with that, you're in the wrong church. Let me help you move your membership. People are going to come to church here and they're going to smell bad. They're going to look bad. They may be on a seven-day drunk. And listen, they may have come right out of the, 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 the beer joint and sit right beside you. You need to love them like Jesus did. Impartial. Really caring means we have to be impartial. We got to love them like Jesus did. Let me tell you what will happen. If you have a problem with that, guess what God's going to constantly do in your life? He's going to constantly put you around those type people until you learn to love them. I don't know why i got to work with a bunch of idiots. And all God's people say it. I'm going to leave that right there. Caring, caring means... And, and let, me, let me say this. Let me say this. God's working on me with some of that stuff. And I think if you're, you're in here and you're acting like that you're, you're you know, pure as a driven snow when it comes to this, you're lying. How many of y'all would admit there's some folks you'd rather hang around than others? It, it is what it is. But we've got to learn to be able to love everybody. Are y'all with me? Love them when they're different. Because I found out this, usually when they're different, when they're, they need love the most. Number two, caring. Caring is impartial. Real caring. Being a real neighbor means we, we have to be impartial. The second thing I've learned about, about caring, <clears throat> caring is inconvenient. Caring is inconvenient. Look what it says. If you go back, if you go back to the story, this, this Samaritan... He stops and he sees his brother in a bad way. In verse number 34, watch what it says. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, watch this, and set him on his own beast. Now he's got to walk. He's got to walk. And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave to the host and said, Take care of him, whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. 
What does that mean? That means that this greatly inconvenienced the Samaritan. He had to put him on his own beast. He didn't have a ride now, so now he had to walk. Not only that, it caused an interruption in his schedule. He probably had an agenda. He was probably a businessman. He could have been a merchant man. He probably had a schedule. He probably had his day planner. It messed everything up. He had to change everything for this person who was broken, this person who was needy. Listen, let me tell you something. Ministry will rarely be convenient. The word convenient. I looked it up just so we get a better, a better grasp of what this man did. Uh, convenient means suited to personal comfort or ease. Suited for personal comfort or ease. You know what I found out in the last few years? And, and it's getting worse and worse because the Bible says in the Laodicean days uh, that, that, that people will be lukewarm. You know what I found out? Christians want to be Christians as long as it's convenient. They, they, they don't mind being a Christian and they don't mind serving and they don't mind ministry as long as it's convenient. As long as it doesn't mess up their schedule. And as long as they don't have to come out of their comfort zone. As long as it's easy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll just tell you this right now. There is nothing convenient about ministry. There is never a convenient time for ministry. There is never a convenient time to love others. There's never a convenient time. It's never going to be easy. Why? Because people are a mess. Are y'all with me? Convenient. Jesus, Jesus, listen, in Matthew 14, 13, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. Now, what did he hear of? He heard about John's execution. He heard about, listen, the forerunner, John Baptist. He heard that he was executed. Man, this, 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 this grieved the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this grieved him, and he went into a place to grieve. It says he departed into a desert place. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth. Watch this. Now, Jesus is grieving. Jesus is hurting. Jesus, listen, he has just found out about the execution of John. He tried to go somewhere secluded. He tried to go somewhere to grieve. But the people followed him. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. What does that mean? Jesus served others when he was sad. Jesus served others when he would rather have been alone. Jesus served others when he was tired. Remember when he was weary at the well. Jesus served others when everything was going wrong in his life. When he was praying in earnest, when he was praying in earnest to the point of his sweat became his great drops of blood, he knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew that he was fixing to be crucified. And when they came in the garden to take him away, Peter cut the servant's ear off and Jesus reached down and healed him. Listen, when everything was going wrong in his life, Jesus was still serving. When he was nailed to a cross, when he was nailed to a cross, they are in the process of crucifying him. Jesus looks out on the crowd and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The thief on the cross says, Lord, remember me. In the midst of his greatest hour of suffering, Jesus is ministering to somebody else. He said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm just saying this. Ministry is not convenient. Serving is not convenient. Being a neighbor is not convenient. There's never going to be a convenient time. 
to be a neighbor, but God calls us to it. Preacher, I'm just, you know, it's that them life group stuff and just just, just showing up, you know, and I, that's just inconvenient. I know. I know. But are you going to be a neighbor? God didn't say do it if it's convenient. Number three. Caring is impartial. Caring is inconvenient, but caring is also costly. Look what it says in verse 35. Verse 35. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence. This was two days' labor. Two days' labor. He spent two days' labor on someone he didn't even know, a total stranger. And he gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. You know, I found out this. <laughs> Caring is costly. Sometimes it costs us our treasure. Sometimes it costs us our time. And you know what the sad part is? The sad part is most of us don't mind giving up the treasure as much as we've given up the time. If we just give a little money, maybe that'll, that'll suffice our conscience and then we won't have to actually get involved in the situation. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Hurting people, hurting people are everywhere. Hurting people are everywhere. How many, now let's think about this a minute. I'm almost done. I know y'all can't hardly take no more of this, but... Uh, how many of you would raise your hand right now and admit that you've got some hurting family members right now? Maybe hurting neighbors down the street. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And you know what I found out? This is what I found out about life. There's hardly ever going to be a time, there's hardly ever going to be a time that you reach down to help somebody that you don't get dirty. That it's not going to be messy that it's not going to be frustrating. Guess what? Guess what sinners do? They'll lie to you. Sinners will steal from you. People will do you wrong. People will hurt your feelings. People will just do all kind of stuff. But you know what Jesus said? Love them anyway. Love them anyway. But it costs me. Love them anyway. You know what Adrian Rogers said? If your faith if your faith, <clears throat> let, me, let me read it right. A faith that hasn't reached your wallet probably hasn't reached your heart. Adrian Rogers had it best. Jesus, Jesus gave 36 parables. 16 of them had to do with our attitude toward money. One out of every 10 verses in the New Testament deals with our attitude toward money. Verses about faith, there's about 500. Verses about prayer, there's about 500. Verses about money, over 2,000. Preacher, what are you saying? Sometimes, in order to care, it may cost you. It may cost you time out of your day. It may cost you to the point that you have to change your schedule. But I promise you this. I promise you this. Say, Preacher, it's just not worth it. It's worth it to the one in the ditch. It's worth it to the one in the ditch. 
I know what you're thinking. Man, everything you said so far has been negative. I know. But it's reality. Let me tell you what the, one of the most frustrating things about ministry is. Ministry. You know why? Because you can go build something and it'll stay. If you get something in square and you nail it off, it stays square. How many of y'all know people don't stay fixed? They can listen to you for a week, but then they get crazy on you. Hello? But I guarantee you this, it's worth it to the one in the ditch. Let me, let me, tell, you, let me tell you a story. My dad did a series on the Eagles one time when I was a kid, and I've never forgotten this. Researchers were, were, were watching these Eagles and, 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 and videoing them, and I mean, for, for, for way extended period of time, for a long time, watching these Eagles, and they noticed something. There was a time, there was a period that the Eagles go through that's called the molting stage where their, their, their beaks would get brittle and break and their, their claws would get brittle and they would just go through, their feathers would fall out and, and, and to the point they couldn't even fly. And there would be a place in the rocks where they would be in, during this stage and period of, of their life. And many times if, if, if something didn't happen, they were going to die. Well, they noticed a strange phenomenon that would take place. That eagles, other eagles would catch catch meat and fish and whatever and fly through and drop it to them. And that was the only way they survived till they got through that stage, to, to, till they got through it and passed it and they grew their claws back and everything got to be normal and they made it and they survived. But if it wasn't for the ones that was dropping the food, they'd never make it. He said, man, that's a cool story. It's not all. The coolest part of the story is this. They found out that the eagles that were doing the dropping of the food was eagles that had gone through the molting stage. In other words, eagles that hadn't hurt before and hadn't gone through it before and hadn't faced it before, they could care less about those that were hurting. What's the point? If you've ever been hurting and somebody helps you, you have an obligation to help somebody else that's hurting. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Listen, caring, it's costly. It's, it's impartial. It's, it's inconvenient. But lastly, write this down. You say, so far, preacher, you've not given me one, one reason I should get involved in care ministry or, or in, the, in the life groups and, and start caring about others. Okay. Look what it says. <clears throat> Verse 37. Verse 37. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him. Now, what color is your writing now? What's that mean? What's that mean? Jesus is talking. Go, everybody read it, go and say it again. Give me one good reason I should get involved and start loving my neighbor. Because he said so. <laughs> how, many, how many of y'all ever had a parent? How many of y'all ever had a parent that when you asked them a question, they replied with? How many of y'all had one like that? Didn't you just love that? 
I don't, what, they're, what they're saying, let me translate that. What they're saying is, I don't have to have any other reason. Do it because I said so. Do it because I said so. You know what Jesus is saying right here? Go and do that likewise. Jesus, the way he described the story, it was very inconvenient. It was very different. This, this, the Samaritan had to love somebody who knew, he knew would not love him back who knew that his culture was so different and there was hatred between them two, but yet he saw his need and he saw what was there and he loved him anyway. Jesus described, there is nothing in this story that makes me want to be that Samaritan person besides the fact that Jesus said so. Guess what? That's all the reason we need. And all God's people said. Let me read this story and, and then we'll pray. <clears throat> At approximately 3.20 on the morning of March the 13th, 1964, 28-year-old Kitty Genovese was returning to her home in nice middle-class area of Queens, New York. She parked her car in a nearby parking lot, turned off the lights, and started the walk to her second-floor apartment some 35 yards away. She got as far as the street light when a man grabbed her and she began to scream. Lights went on in the 10 floor apartment building nearby she yelled oh my god he stabbed me please help me windows opened in the apartment building and a man's voice shouted let that girl alone the attacker looked up shrugged and walked off down the street miss genevieve struggled to get to her feet lights went back on in the or excuse me went back off in the apartments the attacker came back and stabbed her again she again cried out i'm dying i'm dying Again, the lights came on and the windows opened in many of the nearby apartments. The assailant again left and got into his car and drove away. Miss Genevieve staggered to her feet as a city bus drove by. It was now 3.35 a.m. The attacker returned once again. He found her in the doorway at the foot of the stairs and stabbed her a third time, this time with a fatal consequence. It was 3.50. Keeping up with the time? 3.50. It began at 3.20. At 3.50, the police received the first call. They responded quickly and within two minutes were at the scene. But Miss Genovese was already dead. Detectives, and this is the sad part, detectives investigating, they discovered that no fewer than 38 of her neighbors had witnessed at least one of the killer's three attacks, but neither had come to her aid nor called the police. The one call made to the police came after she was already dead. Now, there's several reasons, there's several excuses for whatever. I just don't want to get involved or I don't want to, I don't want to. uh, 38 people watched this young lady lose her life. Listen, we as God's children cannot sit back and watch we can't we can we don't have any excuse in the world to sit back we don't have any reason at all not to say who can i care for one of the saddest verses in the bible comes out of psalms when it says no man cared for my soul i want to ask you a question i'm gonna put it in your lap will you care will you care Look to your left. 
quick. Look to your left. Look to your right. They need you. They need you. If, if the truth be known, if the truth be known, you have no idea the pain and the suffering that could be sitting right beside you. And we not even know. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm challenging you. If you're not in a life group, please get in one. Help us care. Help us love people. Help us do everything we can to minister to those around us. Because I promise you this. There's one thing There's one thing that's very attractive about a church. It's not always the preaching. It's not always the singing. But it is the love. People will forget what you tell them. But they'll never forget how you made them feel. Amen, church? Let's love our community. Let's love our community. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, thank you for your mercy today. Thank you for your word that is challenging and it's convicting. Lord, we, we, we want to practice caring. We want to practice loving. We want to be that neighbor. Lord, we want to accomplish your, your, your divine command for us to love others. Sometimes it's hard. All the time it's inconvenient. Lord, it's never an easy time. But God, help us to realize it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's our job. It's our command. It's our calling. God, help us to do that. Help us to accomplish that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.